0: This episode of the AFTN Soccer Show is brought to you by Recovery Family Law. Recovery Family Law is here to help you solve your family law problems. If you are going through a separation or divorce, they can provide you the confidence to make good decisions and support to enforce your rights. If you have a question about property, children or support, they have the answers. It's not too late or too early to get help. Email info at recoveryfamilylaw.ca or visit recoveryfamilylaw.ca and let their team get you excellent results
1: are you sitting comfortably
2: then we'll begin
0: Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. There's still time, the AFTN Soccer Show, broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Muscombe Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall.
3: And I'm Zachary Eisenhammer.
0: And we are back with another packed episode. A lot of football to talk about, a lot of different kinds. Of football things to to talk about. We'll be talking Whitecaps. We'll be talking Vancouver FC. We'll be talking FIFA World Cup. We've got a featured interview with David Norman. And we'll have our usual Hot Chocolate Boy. Wavelength features. A lot of other football chat as well. A lot to get into. It is also a Fun Drive episode. Regular listeners will know that we've been on CITR radio since 2017. And every year they have their annual fund drive. It's a fundraising opportunity to raise money for the station. They're trying to raise 20 gram this year to go towards some station upgrades. And hopefully they can start all of that in April. You can go over to donate to citrca and you can donate anything you want. If you donate from $30 upwards, you'll get some swag for it as well. Just click in all the details. Mention it's the AFT and Soccer Show that sent you there. And yeah, if you can support CITR, that would be a fantastic thing to do. Fun drive
1: 2024 is right around the corner. And this February is the perfect time to say yes to CITR and all it has to offer. Visit donate to citrca right now, make a donation, and then claim your prizes. For a $30 donation, you'll receive a CITR earplug case. $60 gets you a glow in the dark yo yo. A donation of $101.90 scores you specialized marble dice and a song dedication on Valentine's Day.
4: The next one's dedicated to
1: Rachel from Ross. A $200 donation will get you an engagement ring, 32-ounce Nalgene water bottle. <sighs> $500 and you'll be sporting a nifty Just Married sweatsuit. And for a grand donation of $1,000, you'll get to host your own show on CITR 101.9 FM. Testing, testing? Is this thing on? And remember, all prize tiers include their specific prizes, plus all the prizes from lesser tiers. That means for an $1,000 donation to CITR, you will receive an earplug case, a glow-in-the-dark yo-yo, marble dice, a Valentine's Day song dedication,
4: The next one is dedicated to Rachel from Ross. A
1: 32-ounce Nalgene water bottle, a fashionable just-married sweatsuit, and of course, your own show on the station. All right, here we go. So, what are you waiting for? Say yes and visit donate to citr.ca today and help us reach our goal of twenty thousand dollars.
0: Feature little ads to do with them throughout the rest of this show. It's a great station. We're proud to be on it. This, as I mentioned, we've been taking part in Fund Drive now since twenty seventeen, and. Our our listeners have been good in the past. Hopefully, they can continue that this year, Zach. Yes, let let it long continue. So, a busy week. We'll get into all the football chat in a sec. How's your week been?
3: Uh it was quite full, and this week's going to be even fuller. And that's without you traveling to the the island. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I am, I'm I'm working that night. Yeah, you're you're going to cover it for us, right?
0: Oh. Of course, I, I yeah. think by the signs of it, there's not many Vancouver media going over. What? It might just be me and Felipe, I think, by the signs of it from from other, other folks on holiday, or they've got personal things on, or just the cost, or they can't spare an what overnight about, trip. What about the local guy who lives there? Is he going to go? He's in Hawaii.
3: Oh, that's right, I knew that. Mm.
0: But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. It has been a, a busy week. I'm exhausted. I got out to my my first football game of the year as well. Was at a VMSL game on Saturday afternoon?
3: I was at a youth uh, cup match. Yeah.
4: You mentioned
3: great. that. It was quite a quality game. Uh, I think it's U18. It's like some grade 11s. Uh, grade 11, uh, well, a couple guys I know It was a team. cup game, you said. Yeah, like during cup play. So it's a different kind of cup play. It's like, I think there's a, it's like a cup, it's like a group stage. And then there's either a, a top two in the final or there's a little playoff at the end of it. But yeah, their league play, I think just went up to Christmas this year. I, I don't know. I don't know how it all works. I don't want to, I don't wanna misinform anyone who's out there following U 18 um, players, but it was, it was Abbotsford soccer association uh, against uh Coquitlam Metro Ford side. Now they have n- other names like they're the. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Cause
0: Coquitlam Metro Ford, even in the adult thing, like they've got a couple of teams in VMSL as well. So they've got the rules. They've got loopy. Yeah, exactly. And, and a, a few other things as well, kicking about. I, I I took in a battle between first and third in the VMSL Premier, and some interesting faces on display. Justin Sandu in goals mm. for Croatia. Could we see him in the CPL this coming season? My spies say very possibly. And Vancouver FC draft pick, Brandon Torreson was playing in the game for Columbus scored the match winning goal as well you can see the highlights of that later this week on AFTN's YouTube channel AFTN Canada on YouTube just search for that entertaining game good crowd out for it as well nice to be back out watching the football with no snow no rain were there no games
3: until now, too? Is that what it was? No, there had been
0: some there games. A, you just
3: hadn't made um, okay.
0: the, the first week of January, it was torrential rain, so it didn't go. Then it was the snow for two weeks that kind of put everything off. And then last weekend was more torrential rain as well. So, yeah, my, my days are getting soaked to to just video these games, I think. Kind of slightly on the back burner, unless it's a big cup game or a, or a big decider. But, I mean, that was fun getting out to that. Have you seen any of the... African Nations Cup or the Asian Cup games? I've seen a little bit. Are, I, we, I, are we talking about that right now? Or we, just a little bit. I, I I covered a lot of it. We brought out we brought out two oh, yes, extra yes, podcasts yes. last week. I mean, all in all, we brought out four and a half hours worth of content last week. And if you also factor in another hour and a half, I did it for my East 5 podcast. But four and a half hours of Canadian content, and that also involved me cutting some stuff out i think we might talk too much
3: as usually require
0: <laughs> but yeah so I, I covered the the asian cup and the the afghan games and the extra podcast that came out on saturday night so subscribe to that thirty dollars a year three dollars a month and you can get those extra podcasts i, I just want to talk to you about this south africa cape verd game
3: oh i have not watched that one.
0: Oh. Is this going to spoil it for you if I talk to you about it?
3: No, I know who went through.
0: Okay. So (laughs) it goes to a penalty shootout.
3: I I heard of that too.
0: One penalty scored from the first six kicks. And in the end, South African goalkeeper Ronwyn Williams saved four of the five kicks. Were they that bad? No, they were were well-taken penalties. The first three went to the same spot and he just went the same way every single time and saved them. But the talking about penalty shootouts, there was an amazing moment. I haven't had a chance to watch the Asian Cup, there's just been too much going on. But I woke up Saturday morning, found out that the Uzbekistan and Qatar, their game was still on, and I switched it on just as the penalty shootout was in full flow. So it had got down to the decisive penalty if Uzbekistan scored it, it was going to sudden death. The Qatari goalkeeper just stares at the Uzbekistan player and just doesn't move as the guy takes the penalty and it just goes straight down the middle right at him he just did not flinch at any point and just basically just stopped it wow yeah it was like an insane and that's how
3: Qatar Qatar made it to the semi-finals of the tournament they're hosting
0: yes and defending champions Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. The the semis for the Asian Cup are Tuesday, Wednesday. The semis for the uh, African Cup of Nations are both on Wednesday. So BBC's got all the, the semis in the final from now on. So at least I can watch that on iPlayer with my, my VPN. But yeah, it's been a good week of football and there's been a lot of football to talk about. And we're going to get to more football chat soon. But first of all, we have to start things off with the latest Hot
5: Chocolate Boy
0: Yes, we're still alive and we're still going in this Hot Chocolate Festival Hot Chocolate Boy is back We have scaled it back though a little bit this week partly because we felt we were having a little bit too much of the sweet stuff but also just the expense of it all as well i I never really mentioned in in last week's show a lot of the hot chocolates that they cost 8.95 round about that mark the one we had at honolulu coffee i think was about 12 bucks which is really kind of pushing it to the high end so this week we scaled it back we just had the one visit we headed along to 49th parallel coffee and lucky donuts Four locations throughout the city. We went to the one on Main Street. They also have locations in Kitsilano on West Forth, downtown on Thurlow Street, and in Lonsdale Avenue in North Vancouver. Their hot chocolate selections had been split in two for the festival. The first one, which was a, a dark hot chocolate infused with rosemary and sea salt, that was running from the 13th to the 28th of January, Not a huge fan of Rosemary as a flavour so we were holding out to their new one that was launched on January 29th that runs all the way through to February 11th. It's called Cha Cha Chai and it's a dark hot chocolate infused with chai spices served with a brioche donut filled with chai spiced custard topped with milk chocolate ganache and some little gold stars and a spiced biscuit which was more like a gingerbread biscuit to me. I'm not sure why they didn't just say gingerbread biscuit. Absolutely fantastic. Delicious hot chocolate. Nice big serving of it. Good sized donut as well. A little bit smaller than your maybe standard regular donut. But the the chai spiced custard in it was absolutely delicious. I'd say my wife Caitlin enjoyed it a little bit more than I did. I really did enjoy the, the hot chocolate though from the the six that we've done so far we're probably going to rank this coming in at number three pushing really hard for the number two spot I I like a chai I like a chai latte so to have a a chai hot chocolate I thought it was something a little bit different I definitely I'm a big fan of the dark hot chocolates and I like a spice in the hot chocolate as well so definitely recommend this one I think it cost ten bucks I didn't buy this one. Caitlin bought it, but I'm pretty sure she had mentioned it was it was ten bucks. But as I say, four locations throughout the city, highly recommended. In this one, as always, it's been great hearing where you've all been going for years. Ian Fisher got in touch to say him and his wife had gone up to Squamish and they've started the the Squamish Hot Chocolate Festival as well, so they partook in that. Felipe has been out and about. He took in three hot chocolates as well. So keep your recommendations coming, keep your visits coming, send us your photos as well, we'd love to see them. I'm sure, despite being over on the island for most of next week, we'll still manage to squeeze another one in as the Hot Chocolate Festival wraps up. It's running through to Valentine's Day, February 14th, so we'll try and get out another one or two before things wrap up. But that's been this week's Hot Chocolate Boy.
4: Every girl yelling, wanting him to be the terror, hot chocolate boy, he's a sensation, hot chocolate nation, hot chocolate boy.
0: Hot chocolate boy there. Just a one visit this week as I'm trying to keep down my blood sugar levels. I, th- I think just now if I was to donate blood, it would be brown. But, yeah, I'm sure I'll get out to a, a few more soon. But let's get into more of the football chat now. And for this part, we're going to look at some of the Whitecaps news of the week. few things to talk about. Some confirmations of stuff that we, we've already talked about in previous shows. So... The Whitecaps have announced their new Norwegian Bjorn Inge Utvik. The centre-back signed to a contract through to the end of the 2025 season with a club option for 2026. We brought you his introductory press conference on another one of the extra podcasts earlier Mm -hmm. last week, but some of the fans seem a bit unimpressed because... He's been playing in Norway, and he's played in Norway his, his whole career. But he's got a lot of experience under his belt. He seems very capable. Uh, he's been a captain. He's bringing leadership to the team. And I, I think it, it it's a good addition. It's going to be in the rotation. And it's what the Whitecaps need. They need centre-back depth just now, and, and they've got it.
3: Are, are none of the fans excited about him uh, opening the water polo division? The water polo? Oh he just wears one of the hats, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh huh. I know we were gonna mention that and we we're gonna like ask exactly what had happened. He Har was wanting to ask about that as to what had led to the him wearing that. So maybe next time around. Yeah. Har did speak to him on Saturday, so I'm sure that will be in her article that she'll bring out in that. But Bjorn is the only first team signing this week. There was a WFC two signing that oh, yeah. is an interesting one. A player that signed His first pro deal, a local lad. Clear eye to then moving on to the first team as well. 17-year-old midfielder Jeevan Badwall is the player out of Surrey. He's highly rated by the Whitecaps. He's also been highly rated with some CPL teams that had been kind of sniffing around him. But he wanted to give the Whitecaps a chance, sign that deal, see if he can progress through ...from WFC2 and make the move to the first team he wants to play with the Whitecaps in in MLS. He's a a product from Surrey, as I mentioned, so he is a local lad. First joined the Whitecaps Academy as a 13-year-old in 2019... ...and he becomes the 12th Canadian teenager to be signed to professional contract... ...since WFC2 began play in their second incarnation
3: in MLS
0: Next Pro in 2022...
3: Have any of those gone onto the first team yet? Any of those twelve? No. Right. I just I just asked because I know you could tell how important that was to the Whitecaps. Yeah, the ones
0: that's made the move so far have been Levante Simon, who's obviously not Canadian, and Ali Ahmed, all of which were not teenagers. Right. But people have told told me and talked to me about Jeevan Badwal for a while. Was he not? Was
3: he in that World Cup squad with TJ?
0: Uh, he was yeah yeah, that's how i know him yeah he played in all three matches for canada at that yeah. under 17 world cup
3: in indonesia he was running the midfield in, in that tournament did you remember when we watched the game I, I remember him from those yeah games. no he was he was good i was
0: watching yeah. out for him and he was over in marbella as well with the, the first team in the in the preseason camp he had five starts as well in eight mls next pro appearances WFC 2 last year as an amateur player because he was keeping his options open uh, at, at that point he also played in the 2023 MLS next All-Star game so he, he he's a really good prospect, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he develops and yeah, just we'll keep an eye on him in WFC 2 would not be surprised at all that he is a player that makes the jump to the first team, you don't want to put too much pressure on, on a 17 year old as well but You've got to think this is another player that maybe a team like Vancouver C would be having an eye on as well—a local lad, highly thought of. Mm-hmm. So the Whitecaps—they they lost Greedy McDonald. Didn't want to lose jevan Badwal, and they—they've locked him up.
3: Yeah, Greedy was—I'm sure—a player that they yeah. regret losing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, this is good for them, and and we'll see how how things progress for Jeevan, You know where I saw—you know where I saw the announcement first. I think. Before I saw the, the press release No It was uh, Derek Bassey Was uh, sharing it on social media Ah <laughs> So I don't know if he had co- it was part of his coaching uh, uh, Path right I don't really think that's where they cross paths Or whatever But yeah Derek was Was uh, Was sharing about it And excited and encouraged And happy and whatnot Yeah that's, that's good to see So
0: that that's the The new additions To the Whitecaps squad An existing Whitecaps player has agreed to a contract extension, another one, through to 2027, Tristan Blackman. He's made 71 appearances across all competitions for the Whitecaps, back-to-back Canadian championships. And since last summer, Blackman is now the fifth player to sign a contract extension through to at least the end of 2025. There was Andres Kubis in July, Ranko Veselinovic in August, Sebastian Berhalter in December and, of course, Ryan Gold last week. This is fantastic to see. It's great business by the Whitecaps. They, they're they locking these guys up to long-term deals. They're adding that stability to the team. You know you've got players to, to build around. And if other clubs want to come and take them, they're going to have to give up a, a lot for them. Obviously, you don't want to lose them. But I think having this stability knowing who's going to be here for for a number of years, and top key performers as well. Th- this is great stuff by the Caps.
3: Yeah, I, I can't remember a spell where they've had this much focus on extending contracts of players they believe that were key mm-hmm. to them moving forward. Now, maybe that's just you know recency bias or whatever.
0: No, I, I think you're right. I I can't remember like this it, it, proactiveness either.
3: It very much feels like uh how a lot of bundesliga clubs do their business like it very very much feels like this is part of axel's imprint on the team and the mm-hmm. operations and how they function and how they work i might be wrong i don't know anything but from, no, uh, from I mean, outside definitely that, that's definitely how it smacks of that yeah that's how it looks um which again kudos to axel uh, and the organization on, on identifying the players that they want for more than whatever two three years mm. and are willing to say yeah we want you here so long that we're going to extend you um, but n- but not only that i
0: think it says a lot of the, the, pol- the atmosphere at the club just oh, now, totally, yeah. that these players are like yeah we want to stay here and, and like, like axel says here we're settled here
3: yeah then you commu- that communicates well to the players right yeah because there has The players been... across the league talk,
0: and it's like, oh, oh yeah. it's a great atmosphere in Vancouver. I mean, I know Vani has his detractors, but so many players love him. And it's like, like Fafa Pico had said, oh, I want to come and play for Mr. Vanny. It's like, he's got that personality that players are like, oh, I love this guy. I want to be part of this. And if you've got a settled team as well, it's like, even if players aren't talking, it's like, well players are wanting to hang around in Vancouver they must be doing something right there
3: yeah oh for sure um yeah it, it's a it's a very encouraging sign because yeah there have been times where there it that vibe hasn't been there right in the MLS era there's been a time where it's a it's a place that there's some questions about or concerns about you know from play on a player standpoint or whatever um in addition to obviously they've done a lot of things really well with players as well uh, I remember talking to you know Joe Cannon in the early days, saying you know they do this and this and this, and I've never experienced that to the, in this to this degree, uh, you know, at other places I've been or whatever. But um, yeah, it's this is all. If you're a, if you're a Whitecaps fan, this is really encouraging and a real positive sign, and hopefully is not just a, um, just it's just like this now. Hopefully this continues as axles run things. This continues to be a bit of the ethos of of how they do things and. Because, like you said, I think it does have um, a number of p- positive knock-on effects for them. Oh, ab- absolutely!
0: Some other Whitecaps news from this week: MLS announced on Tuesday the 2024 schedule for TSN oh, right. and RDS for their broadcasts.
3: This is increase from last year, isn't it?
0: Ah, uh, no, I think it's the same. Is
3: it really? There was 14 games last year on TSN?
0: I'm for the pretty weekend? sure there was. Maybe it was 12. I think it was 14. Okay.
3: Oh, yeah, there's 30. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, I mean,
0: so 14 Whitecaps games will be featured throughout the regular season. Now, the, the reason that I kind of went, oh, is this is what I don't like. And I said this last year, and they've done it again. And I, I get why. They're going to maybe want to send broadcasters through, use their own trucks and stuff. But of those four team games, there's 10 home games and there's four away games. So 10 of the 17 games at BC Place are going to be on TV. What you are needing to do is feature the away games so that you can have people watching those games and thinking, oh, I want to go and watch this team at BC Place. Because they're my home team, as opposed to, ah, there's no point trailing down the games on TV. I, I just, I'm not a fan of it at all. I don't know whether it's TSN pushing for that, whether the Whitecaps want that. Maybe they're happy with that. We'll, we'll speak to Axel maybe about that and, and see what, what he says. I just think it's not the way to do this when you've got games that folk can't watch because they're on Apple. Just your casual fan so getting those away games on for me is the better way of doing it
3: i i, I hear you I, I would agree too if you're a season ticket holder you want you want to be able to watch those games now obviously again if you're a season ticket holder you get them on apple tv so maybe you're not complaining if you're yeah a season, yeah season that's ticket true. Holder, but but um and obviously that's one of the things they try and encourage people with season tickets is look if you if you get them you can watch all the away games on apple tv um but you you're right the the battle as we've had in the discussion recently with with all that's going on with the, the canadian premier league and broadcasting mm-hmm. you you it is helpful for you to have your games in front of uh, as many eyeballs in as simplest a way as possible and this does that to a degree but not to the degree that uh, you People like yourself mm. and others would, would want, and so
0: there's some strange selections in the games as well. So there's going to be six Canadian double headers where a Whitecaps game is going to be on the same day as either a TFC or a Montreal match. So there's some good selections. There's four matches against Seattle and Portland that's going to be featured. So you want to build up that Cascadia Cup rivalry on yep. on TSN. That that's great. I love that. But of the the four. Golden Era pack games, only two of those, so games where you're going to have a bumper crowd, only two of the four are on TV. They are not featuring the Miami see, game, yeah. which I thought w- was weird. They're also not featuring any of the Whitecaps Canadian Derbies either, which is, a, is an, an odd choice. But then they're going to have four consecutive September weekend home matches that they're going to be featuring the white caps and that's when you want to get the fans in because they're pushing for the playoffs and you want to get them there cheering them on in person so yeah i'm not not a huge fan of the schedule but at least it's better than not having anything for for fans to watch on tv and i guess at this point in time you just take whatever you can last little bit of white caps news wednesday saw the leaks cup draw and there's been changes. Now, long-time listeners will know, I'm I'm a big fan of the tournament. I really enjoyed it last year. I thought it was a great tournament, some great games. The Whitecaps games in particular were a lot of fun. And I don't like, obviously, stopping the season. But it is what it is. It's not going away. So I thought, well, the Whitecaps, they'll be now hosting a group based on how things played out last year. Well, No. Because they've basically split the teams into a ranking system based on Liga MX, Leagues Cup and MLS performances. So there's a top 15, there's 16 to 30 and then there's 31 onwards. And there's one from each tier in each group which means the Whitecaps are in tier 2 and they've got LAFC again.
3: Yeah, I saw a lot of disappointment about that this week. Oh. A lot of like, it, 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 we've mentioned it during the 2023 season, but they are, uh, I guess for multiple reasons, they are the Montreal impact of the USL era,
4: right? Yeah. When, when, we, or, when, Or
0: for me, from a Scottish, it's East 5 Forfer, who we've played like eight times in a season a, a few times.
3: Yeah. There was the season, we the, the Whitecaps played M- Montreal impact Nine times in a year between three competitions. Yeah. And and maybe even a friendly. I can't remember. But yeah, it was, it was crazy.
0: It was so disappointing. The, the other team as well is Tijuana, who are like low ranked in Liga MX just now. So I mean, that, that's a, a, certainly a winnable game that will be at, at BC Place. It's just, it's, it's so disappointing. They, they've changed it as well because they all, all participating clubs except the two league champions, are divided into the three tiers, as I mentioned. So there's going to be 15 groups of three. And it's prioritising geographical and competitive balance amongst the 45 clubs. So there's two regions, east and west, seven groups in the east, eight groups in the west, just to cut down on the travel. And I get all that, and that's good. And I still think the the Mexican teams have been completely screwed over with it, but it, it's just it's a bit disappointing, and I'm not as excited about the
3: tournament this year. Got to say, I I can't blame you, and I think that the LaFC thing really does hurt. Mm. Uh, uh, having a new Mexican team, I think, will be nice and fun for some, uh, many of the fans, or some of the fans. But yeah, I yeah, thank God it's not Tigres again. Yeah, I, yeah, well that would have been awful. Uh, I, I would still say that this is um, something that MLS is prioritizing because of commercial interests, yeah. and therefore I have I don't really have much time for it, even though I know it was entertaining when it had, took place last year, uh, and 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 added to the league in in obviously a number of ways. But when this gets prioritized over the U.S. Open Cup in the in the states for MLS yeah. teams, I have a real problem.
0: I'm interested to see what the crowds are going to be like for year two of it as well. It's a bit of a novelty last year. As I said, some great games. So, I mean, we'll see how all that plays out. That is the Whitecaps news for the week. And, of course, the big news for the Whitecaps coming up is their competitive season gets underway on Wednesday. Starlight Stadium, Langford, Vancouver Island, Tigris are coming to town as the Whitecaps kick off their inaugural Champions Cup campaign. And we'll be back chatting about that, and hear some thoughts from Vani Sartini on it, after this.
6: This summer, two people will come together to celebrate the sanctity of marriage. Wedding season, kid! While Mary was planning everyone else's Fun drive She didn't have one of her own
4: Uh, Charlie had given up on trying to find the perfect
1: Radio station
4: Until she met
1: CITR Hi Hi Of course, every wedding has a story, but the one I'm thinking
6: of isn't about a bride and a groom, it's about
1: CITR's fun drive
6: If you want to go to Vegas without me, that is totally cool. What are you talking about? Well, you know, Phil and Stu, they're your buddies, and it's your bachelor party, and those two love you.
2: Michael? Look, I, I have to ask you something. Something really important. Uh,
6: you know, could I just tell you one thing first?
2: I called because I met someone.
6: Uh.
2: We're getting married.
1: February 1st to 8th, 2024. Go! What are we doing for the bachelorette party? What about like a princess theme? Versace meets the gold rush. I'm thinking we should go to donate to CITR.ca. I don't hate it.
6: Vegas it is.
4: Jenny.
1: Yes, Lisa. Are you saying yes to CITR?
4: I'm saying yes!
7: Hi, I'm Tristan Blackman, and this is the AFTN Soccer Show.
8: I
0: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM And it's fun drive time on CITR You heard the little commercial there for it We talked about it to kick off the show Every little helps as the station tries to get towards that $20,000 target for updates and upgrades That they're hoping to start in April If you do want to donate, maybe get a little bit of swag back in return, you can head over to donate to citr.ca. And kicking off this part, it's a new month, and you know what that means. It's a new album of the month here at AFTN. We've gone back to the 90s, this time around an English band from Macclesfield called Marion, Part of the Britpop scene, although they don't feel that they were a, a Britpop band, but they, they most certainly were. They were big in 95, 96 when Britpop was at its peak. I, I, I played the the album in the car just a couple of weeks ago just to, to listen to it again, as I like to do when they're coming up for the album of the month time. And my wife had said, oh, these bands sound so similar. So they definitely had a Britpop sound. And the album in question is Marion's debut album, This World and Body. The band only released two studio albums. This one came out in 1996. The second album, The Program, came out in 1998. And then they had a live album that came out in 2012. The second album kind of bombed a little bit. They'd kind of fallen out with their, their record company by that point, who didn't really want it to give them the support and the promotion anymore but their debut album This World and Body and the band in general I feel are a very underappreciated band from that Britpop scene this is an absolutely fantastic album this song that you heard there was the first track on it Fallen Through and we'll have another 3 coming up over the course of the month Excellent band, check out all this stuff if you can. They've tried to keep going, they've tried to reform, they they split up in 1999 after the issues with the record label, but also lead singer Jamie Harding has been a very troubled guy, he's he's battled drug addiction for over 20 years, he's been hospitalised, he's spent time in prison... And he's had a tough go of it, he's tried to get the band going again, it just hasn't really happened, but they've still got this fantastic debut, this world and body, I hope you're going to enjoy it, as much as I do. But for the rest of this part, we are continuing our Whitecaps chat, because the Whitecaps season gets underway on Wednesday evening in Langford, over in Vancouver Island, the inaugural Champions Cup kicks off, Mexican Giants Tigres are coming to take on the Caps, the third meeting between the two teams in recent years, and it should be an absolutely fantastic game. Tigres certainly are going to have the upper hand much better prepared going into this game than the White Caps. They've got their four pre-season games under the belt. The one win, the one draw, the two defeats. They're still finding their legs. They're still finding their chemistry. It's going to be a, a tough ask on Wednesday night. But if they can keep a clean sheet and take a lead down to Mexico for next week's second leg, then they certainly could be in with a chance, especially if they can sneak an away goal down there. How prepared... Does Vanny Sertini feel that the team is? What has he seen from the pre-season so far that he's liked? What does he feel they need to work on? Well, Vanny spoke to media on Thursday afternoon. We're going to bring you a little bit of that just now. Here's the gaffer. How you doing, Vanny?
5: Good, Michael. How are you?
0: I'm good. So, pre-season's wrapped up. You've had the uh, four games now under your belt. It's kind of crazy to think that in eight days' time you're playing a competitive game in a continental competition. How ready, how prepared do you feel the team and the squad is for this Tigres game?
5: I think we'll know, yeah, next week. I think we're we're, we're we're getting ready. We're better than, of course, three weeks ago when we started, but uh, as you said before, we we're in preparation phase, so we... Today was the first day that only few players played 90 minutes. I think two of them, three, including your eight. And uh, next uh, next week will be the first time that most of them will play 90 minutes. So, yeah, we will see. And uh, again, we we did the thing in the right way, I think. We, we pushed a lot uh, the players in the sense that... Uh, we worked a lot tactically we worked a lot with double session we had four games with a very difficult opposition and um, we tried to prepare them better and for for this game at the same time we didn't have to forget that uh, i would say the main the main objective of the season is to be good for in the mls so you need to be focused on this month but also to create a big volume to in order to keep the preparation going till the beginning of march basically when the the, the season will uh, will kick off for us so we work on the two level and at the moment i, I would say that uh, i saw uh, very good uh, and very high quality moments even long moments like 50 60 minutes uh we we'll ne- we need to do the next uh, the next step and try to be i would say up top of our game for 90 minutes uh next week
0: i was gonna ask like what what have you seen that you've liked and how has the the integration of the the new guys gone especially the likes of fafa and demir on the flip side and i i know it's it's pre-season and i know fitness levels are, are different with the teams that you've been playing but Five goals given up in the last t- ten minutes of the games—is that causing you any concern, or is it just tired legs out there?
5: Yeah, I, I don't want to say tired legs. Like you know, it's also the fact that uh, you know you don't want to point anything. But uh, most of the time, when we consider the goals, we're we're mostly WFC two academy players. We're on the field, and and uh, of course it's uh, it's kind of uh, uh, harder for them to compete at certain level. Uh, and today, yeah, we considered a goal, but we had like four or five chances, like few minutes before the goal to score the second or third goal. We missed a penalty, and and uh, so I I am not concerned about the goal conceded. I'm Concerned, like uh, if i have to say concerned, well i would say we're focused on try to keep the uh the the quality and the intensity of the of our game for 90 minutes that uh, is our first priority for the next week so the next week will be i would say less volume like this week has been a lot of volume a lot of training session uh but more, more intensity <clears throat> to try to again not uh, put uh, a lot of heaviness in our legs and be ready to go for a very important game.
0: And attacking-wise, obviously you, you got Brian in late, but it looks like the chemistry is starting to get there between Brian and Ryan and, and Fafa and Demir.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we uh, we said that we need to want to play every time, at least with this the three out of the four, three mm-hmm. offensive players. I would add uh, Levante uh, Johnson. Like three out of five, there will be there will be always uh, there will be always in 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 our idea. And uh, you know, we want to have a different solution, and uh, that's what we try to do. Even in this game, with different uh, kind of uh, I would say way of attacking. The way of defending has been consistent for the four games, but the way of attacking has been a little different uh some games we play with the number 10 and two strikers in some other games we play with the number nine and two wide attackers so we want to see how we can be even more unpredictable and uh, we we like the thing that we saw uh, like uh, some combination during the game against uh, Bacatopola last week the, the the first the game against Puskas when we played were really good today there was uh I would say really good uh, uh, indication on our way, how we can be even uh, more uh, dangerous in transition like we did last year. So, you know, it's there's some, uh, a lot of positives, to be honest, but also a lot of things that we keep working on. I want to
8: actually touch more about what you were talking about there, about your tactics, your little bit of switching tactics oh, you that you we've seen in tactics. preseason. Uh, I do. <laughs> We saw in the match report, at least, that you went and started against uh FKTSC in a 3-3-1-3, or yes. a f- variation of a 3-4-3 diamond. And we know we don't like wingers, so I'm only assuming that the three are those inside forwards. Or how has, how has that tactical experimentation been with a squad so far? Have they been able to adjust... Um, a bit more to having three attackers rather than four. Have they have you seen the attacking patterns be sort of easy to create with the team right now since they're used to playing in sort of a three back uh, formation from last year? How has that been so far?
5: Yeah, what we work basically has been two different way of attacking. Uh you know, the the defending structure has been always the three for three because since we want to play with three offensive player, we need to 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 defend with three guys that we we cannot ask one of the defensive player to be a wingback or a midfielder and drop uh, in our half and uh, uh, or in our box and and being a, so we defend we defended with a three four three like uh, flat like we did a lot of times last year three five two a lot of times but sometimes three four three and um, the two variations has been uh, playing like when we have the ball so one variation has been. Uh, uh, pa- transforming the back three in a back four when we have the ball and having one of the center back going wide and uh, having a diamond in the midfield and two strikers with one of the central guy dropping from the line of the striker to become the top of the diamond. The other one has been to bring the wing back a little bit more inside and the two midfielders one up, one down to create what you were talking a three diamond three with the three stri- with the wide striker and the wingback to work in a little bit of a pair situation that someone needs to give with and someone needs to be inside. So you can even thought that uh, sometimes we played with uh, wingers this, uh, this week and, uh, you know, the essence of life is change. So sometimes you need to change your conviction too if your player allows you to play uh, with a different way. In both uh, cases, what I really like is the fact that if if you're able to sustain and keep this diamond in the midfield, it's going to be help, helping us in both systems, for diamond two or three, diamond three, when we attack, because it gives us the possibility to uh, have numbers in the middle, solution in the middle, keeping possession, but also having the possibility to connect easy from defense to attack and and connect easy if we lose the ball to get to, the, to our 3 for 3 defending. So... You know, uh, there's a lot of work, of course, but uh, the guys seems to receive these things well. They enjoy it, and we saw a lot of nice combination. Now it's we need to bring it to the next uh, level. I see that a lot of movements are right, and at the moment we still miss a little bit of uh, being brilliant and being... I would say sometimes we are a little sloppy in the execution. We need uh, to be better, for uh, of course, for next weekend and for, for when the league will start. And I wanted to also ask specifically with Demir
8: and Fafa because Fafa is a winger, Demir is more of an attacking midfielder, but we've seen them being placed in more central attacking positions. Uh, how have they been in taking this new responsibility in the attack Uh pairing alongside Brian White and and Ryan Gold.
5: Yeah, really good. They're two completely different players in terms of characteristic. Tamir is more of a central player. So when we played with that uh, diamond and two strikers, has been the top of the diamond. And uh, when we played with the three white strikers, Fafa has been one of the wingers so, or it can be Fafa can be one of the two strikers if we played top of the diamond and two strikers. Uh they're doing well. There is still uh of course, entering in the in the tactics of the team, they are uh, really understood immediately what we do in terms of pressing, in terms of defending, and uh, uh, they are uh, willing to learn in what we do in terms of uh, uh, having the ball. What is uh, uh, what is natural is that the chemistry that Brian and Ryan have having played for two and a half years together, uh, it's not that it's it's like this to the other guys, because, of course, we can script movement, script situation, but uh, it's easier to recognize immediately because with a player, you, you played more, so you understand these tendencies and everything, and uh, that's the reason why we play this game, and that's what we'll have to work this week and in the next two games uh, in order to make them better and uh, who knows maybe in the future having the possibility to play the four of them together
0: The gaffer there, Vanny Sartini. Will it be a case of Tiger, Tiger, shining bright? You kind of <laughs> have to feel they've got a big, big advantage heading into this. I mean, what, what's your thoughts on the the Whitecaps' prep for this? It's, it's crazy to think that on February 7th their season gets underway. And that by mid-February, they're either going to be the first team through... To the next round of the Champions Cup or the first MLS team out before another MLS team has even kicked a ball
3: yeah there are a few strange elements to it Um, but I mean we, also this is where you you want to be in this competition and mm-hmm. this is what this competition is right now so in one sense you can't complain because right? it's really annoying right it doesn't matter what club uh, in North America it feels like or what level what would come like? There's always someone who's complaining. Like they want to be in these competitions, and they get there, and they complain about it. Yeah, or they play
0: uh, weakened teams. That's what pisses me off as well. When it's well, like, yeah, we fought hard to get to this tournament, and then we're not actually going to take it seriously.
3: Yeah, I think we we have seen some of that. I think specifically that what stands out to me from my memory would be supporting Kansas City uh, against the Whitecaps in the group stage of uh, oh, the yeah. old the old uh, part of this tournament. Um, even but- last year, Austin.
0: they took on the Haiti side I I think they kind of completely underestimated what the Haitians were going to do and they got stung
3: yeah but uh, no So I I think I also think for hopefully for the players regardless of what happens in these matches in terms of results or whatever because obviously they'll be you know very encouraged and and pumped up if they get through this Mm. Um, hopefully they don't get too you know deflated if they don't um, but regardless of that, I think this really should help them with something that's been a huge issue for them, which is starting the MLS season well. So hopefully, mm-hmm. all this getting in early, um, all the prep, get actual real meaningful games before MLS, to at least two friend the friendlies they've had, the friendlies they will have, will help them like get off on the, uh, the right foot when it comes to the league the league campaign for them. I mean, hopefully. I-
0: I think, if they just put up a good showing in this, that that in itself is going to be admirable. If they can get out of this with a clean sheet in the first leg, very much game on down in Mexico, because we know that a lot of teams on the road get the away goal, and it's like, all of a sudden, the ties can switch around in a second. Oh, I just hope they give a good account quick. of themselves. and. I think it's also important to talk about the fact. Yeah, it's annoying. It's on the island, but this is a really big chance for them to cement their fan base over there. And it looks like the game's pretty much sold out as well. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's a it's a good foothold over over there, and for their fans that regularly make the trip over.
3: I I wonder how many people on the island understand what kind of opportunity this is. Like, obviously, Pacific has played in elements of CONCACAF play. <laughs> Um, but they, they haven't had a, they haven't hosted a Tigers, Um, so I mean, yeah, if anyone, if, if tickets aren't sold out by the time you listen to this and you're on the Island or you, or you have a very flexible schedule and you can go, um, this is a great match to go to. If you've never been to Starlight and, mm. and you're a Whitecaps fan or you're on the Island and you love football, you need, like, this is a game you should, you should be at. Like, yeah,
0: it's a great um, little stadium. I really like oh,
3: it. It's Yeah. It's not perfect, but it, I agree with you. It's a great, it's a great little stadium. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm and I'm excited to see what what this means for the atmosphere. Obviously, uh, the Southsiders and other uh, Van, Van, Vancouver Whitecaps supporters are heading over, so hopefully they'll help create an atmosphere. You know, when a Mexican team's there, there's going to be some level of atmosphere. We'll see how intense that that is, or if it's just uh, uh, the, their colors that that are there. Yeah, to, 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 curious to, to, how to, many
0: to, Mexican fans w- will be there. I just general looky loos, just thinking. Oh, it's a it's a big game on the island. Let let's get out for this. But it's oh. it's going to be a nice night with the looks to fit. Possible some showers, uh, like in in the forecast, which I, I know. I think the supporters are in the open air section. Yep. So I mean, fingers crossed they don't develop into more than just a few scattered showers. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to it making the the trip over on Monday. It's been a, a few days over on the island with my wife. And canine Companion And yeah, should be a lot of fun
3: Is the Hot Chocolate Festival on there? No, there is one in
0: Squamish uh, But it's like, yeah, nothing Over in the island, I'm sure we will partake In a lot of things So yeah, looking forward to it Fingers crossed by the time we do our show next week We could be talking about a dramatic Whitecaps win If, If they can go into the second leg At least still in the tie I think that
3: that's the key thing Totally. I mean, that's what that's what you want. I mean, you want to win, you want to get the result. Like you said, you want a clean sheet. But, um, yeah, all the best to Vanny and the players, and I hope it's a really great experience for them.
0: Well, that is it for our Whitecaps chat. We are going to turn our attentions next to the Canadian Premier League, and we're going to bring you our featured interviews. We sit down with a man that's been on the show many times before, a local lad coming back to the lower mainland to play for Vancouver FC. It's David Norman, the 6th, and we'll be chatting with him after this.
6: None of them are real special.
4: Yes, yes, yes.
7: DJ Autonomy here from Copy-Paste Radio. Sometimes
5: people ask me, if you love CITR so much, why don't you marry it? And I thought, what are you frightened of? Why not? Being alone, I guess.
7: If you love CITR just as much as I do,
6: Being alone? Living alone?
7: Make the pledge today.
4: Yeah. Go to
7: donate to CITR.ca. Being alone.
4: alone.
7: We're trying to keep this great community radio station going. We're trying to raise $20,000. Because CITR will never leave you alone.
4: If you ready to make the pledge, donate to CITR.ca. I don't need the money.
5: Are you afraid to
7: die? No. Hi, I'm Caden Chung, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
0: Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And it's fun drive time on CITR. You heard the little commercial there for it. We talked about it to kick off the show. Every little helps as the station tries to get towards that $20,000 target for updates and upgrades that they're hoping to start in April If you do want to donate, maybe get a little bit of swag back in return... ...you can head over to donate to citr.ca. And kicking off this part... ...friends of the show and friends of mine... ...from Fife in Scotland... ...Got Got Need... ...with their new single Final Day... ...released towards the end of January by the Fife Five Piece. I've spoken about them before, a couple of my friends in the band... A couple of East 5 fans in the band. They do our theme song for my East 5 podcast, Glory Days of Gold. This is their new single. You can get it in all the usual places. Check them out on Spotify, check them out on YouTube, and on Bandcamp as well. Go and give them a support. If you can download the single, even just stream it a couple of times on Spotify, they would really appreciate it. They've had other. Airplay over here in Canada as well from a a station out in Ontario and this single has been getting really good reviews as well check out that and all of their other stuff the band of course featured in our festive 15 last year taking the number four spot they've got more new material to come out this year but final day their first single for 2024 and a great single it is at that Got Got Need, nice football name as well. And, I mean, it's obviously known for fans when you're doing sticker collecting or whatever. It's like Got Got Need. I I guess if you're a professional footballer, you you can kind of tick off your hopes, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations. It's like, oh, got that one, got that one, need that one. And for a, a lot of players... One of the things they want, one of the things they need from their career is to, to win some trophies. To maybe play in European or Continental competition. Well, one player that has certainly been able to take Got Got Need off during a very successful 2023, a career year in fact for him, is a friend of the show, David Norman, the 25-year-old. Cacquitlam Metroford alumni, Vancouver Whitecaps Academy alumni, former WFC2 player, former Whitecaps MLS player, back now in the Lower Mainland to play for Vancouver FC for the upcoming CPL season. He's had stints with Queen of the South. He's had stints with Pacific FC. Inter Miami in their inaugural season. Came back to Canada and the CPL for two seasons with Cavalry FC. There was lots of rumours that he was maybe going to be a signing for Vancouver FC in their inaugural season. But he headed over to Europe, went and played English League 2 with Northampton Town. Made six appearances, helped the team get promotion to League 1. Made the move over to League of Ireland Club St Patrick's Athletic, lifting An Irish cup with them towards the end of last year. A fantastic year, fantastic season, great achievements, but he's come back home. So we had to sit down with him to find out the reasons why, talk about that career year, and a lot more besides. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, and sit back and enjoy our featured interview for this episode with David Norman. So, David, welcome home. Uh it's it's been rumored for a while. I'm I'm sure you've known this for a while. Is it nice that it's now all official and it's all out in the open and you, you can start officially telling everyone that you're back home?
7: Yeah, it is for sure. Um like you said, there's a few things out there that uh that were saying I might be signing here, but now that it's it's all all out and, and open, it's great to be officially telling friends and family and, uh, and people people around for sure.
3: Dave, why this year? There was lots of rumors that last year could be, you know, you could join for the inaugural season. Yeah. Uh, what what uh, Obviously, you went on a great adventure, and we'll talk about that more later, but mm. wh- why, why 2024 as opposed to 2023?
7: Well, I think a lot can change in 12 months. Um, personally, from a football aspect, um, also from a personal aspect as well. Uh, last year I had a great opportunity to to go overseas and and live that dream and that was hard to pass up so uh, at this point in, in my career and in my life it was the clear decision and um, yeah we've obviously known you for a, a long long
0: time and we've chatted so much I checked you've been on the show seven times before so <laughs> I think you might actually hold the, the record I thought fisky had been on a lot but it's like I think you've you've pipped him for that. Everything. So I mean, we we know your journey. We won't go over a lot of your your career. Folk can listen to all these other episodes and and listen to us chatting chatting to you about stuff. But like you were in the Whitecaps organization since you you were nine years old, and then y- you left in September twenty nineteen. So you've had over four years away. Does it feel? I know you're excited to be back but does it feel a little bit weird to be back at a
7: club in Vancouver that
0: isn't the Whitecaps?
7: Not really to be honest. I haven't had those those weird feelings yet. I think it has been a decent uh, amount where I've been away. It's been 4 years. Maybe if it was a year or two those yeah. uh those feelings might be a bit different. But uh, I think the the distance as well we're not right in Vancouver we're we're out a bit further in the Fraser Valley, a different community. Um, so, yeah, I haven't had those those feelings quite yet.
0: Now, you, you touched there with Zach's question about why now, why why back this year? I know you've spoken in the past that you've kind of felt that maybe people haven't got to see the real David Norman because you've never had a opportunity to be settled at a club for a good length of time. Did, did that kind of factor into it as well, the chance now that you've got a chance to be
7: settled? For sure. Yeah. I, I do think, uh, you know, I've, I've had some great spells at, at clubs over the past few years. Yeah. Um, now I'm really excited to put that together over a season, over two or three seasons. Um, yeah. And there's something about being settled, uh, back in, in the area that, that you grew up, that you're from, that's always going to be home. Uh, so to follow the club to, to track what the club was doing on the pitch last year to see the, um, success that that came out of it the second half of the season, performances, the results and and to be part of that obviously for myself but for several other players, um, that was very convincing to to come back and sign here this year. Now,
0: 2023 was certainly a a career year for you, you won promotion with Northampton over in England, then you went over to Ireland, you won an Irish Cup with St Pat's. In a, in a final played in front of over 44,000 fans. Just talk about your 2023. How special was that to you? And just talk about some of your your, your
7: memories from that year. It was a year that uh, was incredible highs and big moments, but also lots of tough times and, and learning experiences for myself, from being out of the team or out of a contract to then signing in Ireland and and uh, making my mark on that team, and like you said at, at the end of it, playing playing in front of a, a lot of fans in a big cup final, so a roller coaster year for sure. Um, but I think I learned a lot from it and gained so many experiences that can help me move forward um, with Vancouver Football Club. And uh, that's what I'm really excited about is the you know, I mentioned the way I grew as as a center back. Um, the lessons I, I, I learned in that position, but also how we can help young players, um, how I can help the club and help the club affect the community. So, um, yeah, I think, think I learned a lot from from this year and uh, hope to put it to good use going forward with, with Vancouver.
0: Now, you, you'd been linked with, with Vancouver for their inaugural season and... the the lure of going back over to Europe because I mean you've been over before and I remember your successful spell at Queen of the South that that you had as well was that just something you you had to go back and do that you you just had the the lure of going and playing there and you got to play in two different countries as well is that just something you feel you had to, to go and do before you maybe came back
7: to the CPL for sure that was something that was still very much on my heart and um Playing over there, like you said, another two countries. I think I'm at five countries now yeah. in seven years, between Inter Miami and Queen of the South in Scotland, and now England, Ireland, and, and Canada. So I've I've really tried to be to be like a sponge and soak up as much as I can, whether it's uh, a massive franchise like Inter Miami and their inaugural season in 2020, or a very small budget club like Queen of the South. I was on loan there, so yeah, it's it's keeping all those uh, those experiences um, that are gonna help help me move forward yeah
3: I wonder if, not like rank or you know give a score to 10 but uh, yeah I wonder you like if you could talk about the kind of the differences between you know, playing Scotland England and Ireland like obviously three uh, you know football mad nations or whatever but like yeah was were they were they, were they very much the same what were the things that were unique about them like what did you love most maybe about each one?
8: Yeah,
7: I think uh I think that you, you mentioned that the, the culture the passion for football over there is is different it's uh it's hard to explain to people who have only experienced sports in, in North America as you know uh as you know, Zach making many trips over to watch a certain team in Germany um so to be part of those teams to see what playing for Northampton town for uh, queen of the South or St. Patrick's athletic, what it means to those fans who have been supporting the club, their families have been supporting the club for 70, 80, 90 years. Um, and then to win a promotion, to win a trophy, that doesn't happen often. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if that will ever be like that here in Vancouver, um, but to be part of the the first few years of a club of a franchise I hope that I can come back um, in in thirty years myself and and seeing what what was built with with Vancouver FC. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I I don't think it'd be hard to actually rank them. Um, they're they're very much different. Um, the culture in all three of those countries are different, um, but very very fun to be playing over there for sure.
0: You touched on the Miami experience as well. Now, obviously, Miami is a much different animal now to what it was when you when you first went there for that inaugural season. Is there... I know you're not really the kind of person that looks back and has regrets and stuff, but it's like, is there an element of just wondering what could have been there if COVID hadn't hit, and then you also you picked up the injury there as well?
7: Yeah. No. Not really. I've had family and friends asked me that over the last year. Um, but I I truly believe I was supposed to be there for one year. And um, the injury that happened, it, it sucked. It was very tough at, at the time. Um, I had the surgery. What didn't kick a ball for pretty much 11, 12 months, which was tough. But I was in at the training ground every day from, you know, one of the first guys in, the last guys to leave. So I spent a lot of time around the club to see what it takes to to build a franchise, the growing pains that comes with it. Um, so I think I learned I learned a lot from that, and uh, yeah, I think it was just part of my journey, and um, never had any regrets or what ifs. And um, so yeah, that has really crossed my mind. A-, a question for you, David. You can plead the fifth
3: on this, but who? While you were there, who was yeah. your favorite person to rehab with?
7: <laughs> Ooh, interesting, Gonzalo. Higuain, he didn't train much. So we we did we spent a lot of time in in, in the physio room. Um and then guys like Blaise Matweedy to see his work ethic, he would just won a World Cup and um you know champions leagues and played in so many big games. But to see how he came into to training every day, the way he worked, the way he took care of himself, um, the attention to the little details was was very important for a young uh a young person like myself to to see his training habits.
3: Was there anyone that you were on like the 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 rehab table with though? That, it, it, um yeah, I've heard stories of you rehabbing with a certain individual that also had connections to the community here.
8: Okay, I'm
7: uh, I'm blanking on who that might be right now, but an American blonde hair. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, Breck Shea. He uh, he was coming back. <laughs> From an injury, so he was actually with with Inter Miami too at at the beginning, and then I forgot about that. So yeah, there's a few connections between uh, between Whitecaps players that uh, that came through Inter Miami. Um, so yeah, Breck and I spent uh, spent a good a good few hours together.
0: He plays pickleball now or something. He owns part of a pickleball league. I, I think I remember that reading. Doesn't thing. surprise me. Yeah.
7: He was, he was a great guy
0: When we last spoke, you you were at Pacific And of course, you were there briefly But it was a very special place, I'm sure, in your heart Because you met your wife there
7: Yes, yes, that's true um, Yeah, I, I didn't spend uh, spend a long time there That was kind of between Whitecaps and, and Miami um, But uh, yeah, that is a special place for sure and She was
0: over with you in England and Ireland, wasn't
4: she?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. she was
0: so, I yeah, mean, how, was... how, how different was it, like, being there as, like, a family man this time with, with your wife? Did you get to go and explore things a, a bit more and just see the countryside?
7: For sure, yeah, we definitely did. I, I was super grateful that she was able to to be there for the most part um, of my time there. Because, like I mentioned, it was lots of ups and lots of downs, but she was yeah my rock through it all. And, um, yeah, it just brings a different meaning to... To football and I uh, think I started to realize that I'm more than just a footballer over the last few years. She's helped me with that a lot, um, which I do think actually helps my game on the field when mm. you don't put as much emphasis or uh, importance on your few hours at training or the 90 minutes once a week. So, um, and to answer your question, yeah, we uh, we got to, to travel around a decent amount and, um, and see some places uh, on the UK and Europe. So, that was a, a great part of the whole experience, for sure. I know
0: you went up to Ibrox, because I, I just shake my <laughs> head when I see you with those pictures.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, spent uh, spent a good amount of time there, seen seen some awesome games there. So to take to take my wife there was a was a pretty cool moment too. <laughs> the best wow. football club in the world.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Dave, Dave, don't worry. I'll I'll get Michael to I'll get him the the account so you can follow your wife on Instagram and see all the behind the scenes.
0: I think I do follow her actually. Oh, yeah.
3: Let's let's go back to your time at Ireland because I'm I'm
0: fascinated in that. We were chatting before we recorded. I'm wearing my Bohemians top, one of your your rivals. Mm-hmm. But I I mean it's such a passionate community, and aside from winning the cup there, like you obviously played in the league, you won the cup. But you you got to have like conference league experience as well going to Luxembourg playing against the Luxembourg side how how was that was that another one to kind of tick off the the bucket list for you playing in European competition
7: yeah that was for sure and that was a big reason that I initially signed there rather than staying in the UK was the chance to play to play in Europe and I went in I signed and I was playing in a Europa League conference game and within a few weeks unfortunately our, our high expectations and we were hoping to go on a run of several rounds and qualify for the group stage there's no reason we we couldn't have done that but that run ended early in the first round so that was that was cut short that run in europe but for clubs in ireland for um, financially for the support for the international recognition those european tournaments are huge um but like you said uh, as a young Man growing up To play in A European football match Was Was a dream uh, Was a dream of mine to So even to have done that Even though it was just one round It was pretty awesome To yeah. Pretty awesome to check off And hopefully I'll be doing that In the Concacaf Champions League uh, Coming up soon
0: Yeah, hopefully When you look at the, the successful season That St. Pat's had Obviously they've got Another good campaign coming They're going to be in Europe again Was there part of you That thought oh, Maybe I can give it Another year Over there
7: yeah, for sure. Um, there was an option to go back and to return, but like I mentioned before, there's there's a lot that played into it. Um, a lot of discussion with family, with my wife and I, lots of pros and cons, um, but we just felt so much peace about signing here for football reasons, yeah. for personal reasons. So yeah, at the end, it was a pretty easy decision to make.
0: You also got to have your whole family over for that cup final. I mean, that must just have been a special day for you.
7: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing. Both my parents, and my wife's parents got to come out for it. And uh, yeah, the whole day is pretty, uh, pretty surreal and will definitely be something that I don't forget for the rest of my life. So to be part of... um history for a club even though I was just there for a small amount of time to, to play a role in that was was pretty great
0: and I, I think I read at the time that you were the first Canadian to lift the cup or at least play there in the cup final since Jeff Clark which must have been weird because I'm sure you watched Jeff Clark playing uh, at Swangard when you
7: were growing up yeah yeah that's true I think he won the league with St. Pat's in
0: that's 90, what it was
7: the year I was born so that's pretty uh Pretty, pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but, and then Carla Corzine was the other Canadian to play with yeah. my team in England at Northampton. And yeah, uh, I yeah. signed for St. Pat's, and I'm um, the first day of tour in the stadium, and I see a big photo of him on on the wall and one of the offices, and I send it to my dad. I'm like, just pretty sure this is Jeff Clark." And the fact that they both grew up in the Lower Mainland, my grandpa coached both of them oh, when wow. they were young kids, so it's uh, um. Pretty pretty wild that the two Canadians for those clubs both came from from the same local area as myself.
3: That's fantastic.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: You, you mentioned your grandpa there. I, I want to ask a total tangential question here, Michael. But tell us your grandfather's name.
7: David Norman. Right, right. Number so, five, number four. Sorry.
3: Yeah, you're number six, right? Yeah. Okay. So, but you you prefer to go by David Norman Jr. Because I always want to call you David Norman the sixth, but everyone's
7: like. <laughs> So you gotta call him junior. I'm like, he's not junior. <laughs> yeah. He is, but he isn't. Yeah. I mean I think I was junior for for a while, but kind of dropped the junior a little bit, just go by David Norman. Now my dad's out of football, he's not really uh involved, so just And I I'm sure
0: he doesn't want called David Norman senior,
7: so <laughs> <laughs> He's he's getting up there in age now. He can he can do senior, <laughs> but at, at one point my grandpa was definitely known as senior, and he was junior so. It's all a bit confusing. Having been over in the UK,
0: three different countries, you're going to have picked up a lot of slang because we're big for using slang and swearing. Is like, it, have you found that you you've come back with some slang that you're just using it in a everyday conversation, and folks got no idea what you're talking
7: about? Don't think I've, I've faced that yet. No, um, definitely with with St. Pat's in the locker room when all the boys were were chatting. Sometimes it was tough to to even understand everything that's going on. Felt like they were speaking a different language. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a few words though that that my wife and I have used where our families kind of like look at us like, oh wait, we'd use that with our friends and community in in Dublin, and those don't really uh really fly here, so.
0: Yeah, that's true.
7: So let's let's get back talking about football.
0: You you were playing centre back at Northampton. You were playing centre back at Saint Pat's, and we, we've touched a little bit on on that already. I, I know in the past people had said, "Oh, you'd make a good centre back. You like to play defensive midfield." Is centre back now where you, where you see yourself that that is your position?
7: Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned that playing at center midfield growing up, but over the last few years, I've really kind of taken that center back position uh, as somewhere where I want to play. Um, I think I would, that's where I play my best and, and moving forward, that's where I'm going to be uh, the best version of myself on the field. So with the conversations with the club here and uh, that's kind of where where they see me playing and I'm excited to to make my mark. You you prefer back
3: playing in a back four? Have you played much in a back three?
7: Yeah, I played in a back three both with uh, with Hampton and, and Saint Pat's in different times. So I'm easy either way.
3: And then in the league, you've been used as a left back a little bit,
7: right? Yeah, I did. I did a few times in Calgary, and we've had some yeah some oh, problems yeah. with injuries.
3: Yeah. Okay. So that was just okay. I was wondering about that because I remember watching some games and I'm like, like David's a, like a really tall left left back like out there yeah. i remember watching you play one one time against specific and i was just like oh this is an interesting interesting matchup yeah. so so it was just tommy was dealing with injuries yeah. yeah yeah that
7: was that was when i had to had to so in, in a, what
3: I you're probably, saying in a pinch you could play left back
7: yeah yeah i definitely
3: could i was wondering like as you come into the situation obviously in any football club you have to like Fight for your spot, right? I just wonder if you talk about uh, what you've seen or what you know about the the current guys who you'll be playing along, alongside with and and or fighting for a position for. So there's, you know, Rocco Romeo, uh, Anthony White, a uh, local player, and uh, and I guess Paris G. In, in the supporters' talk, you know, the depth chart is kind of Paris G is maybe also considered a, a bit of a center back, although he probably is more wide. But of the four four players, talk about uh, what you know about them and maybe the experiences you've had with them.
7: Yeah, they're all they're all great players that have um, now played in the league, and um, obviously I've played against a few of them, and uh, and followed them a decent amount last year. So I'm excited to join that group. Um, you mentioned the competition for positions, which I think is going to be all around the pitch this year, which is healthy for a club. It's healthy for a locker room, and um, that's only going Im- to improve performances and results. So I'm looking forward to being being a part of that uh, that that squad and, and that group at the back and um, seeing how we're going to best fit together.
0: You, you first saw the league in its first season in 2019 and you're going to have watched Vancouver FC from afar last year. You had your time with Cavalry. How have you seen the league grow in your eyes over these last five years?
7: I think the the player quality has grown every single year and we're seeing that again this, this offseason with signings across the league. Um, I think the attendances, the supports—I'm sure there's some numbers to to back me up on that—but I think that's that's starting to grow as well. And um, yeah, I think the the league is becoming somewhere that players want to play. Young players are coming through and being sold to to big leagues, to big clubs, which is important for the whole pathway of of Canadian football. And there's players like myself who are entering the prime of the career choose to come back and play in their home country and their hometowns. So I think it's growing um in so many ways. I think the the leadership of of the league, um, of each individual club um is in good hands. And obviously the uh the hosting of the World Cup in twenty six is is exciting. That should be great for the league. And um yeah, I think people are starting to recognize it. My experiences over in in the UK, there's people who are showing me highlights and goals from CPL games that are coming up on, on their social media feeds. So um, that presence is just going to continue to grow.
0: And you're coming to a team that struggled at times last year, but then from the summer on really pushed on a, a good spell as, as the season came to an end. There's been some really great additions this offseason to the team. They certainly look stronger. You're a, a key part of that. And those additions, what do you feel you can add to this team?
7: Yeah, I'm hoping to add a lot more solid uh, play in, in in the back as a defender coming in and, and helping out uh, in the back line. And then hopefully some more experience as well. I know they were a young team at the beginning of, of last year and had some growing pains for sure. Uh, but they signed uh, a few great signings in the summer the likes of Diaz and Garcia and Cantave, real solid pros that came in. And I think from what I've heard, helped the culture in the locker room and obviously helped with performances and results as well. So, um, yeah, I'd like to to play my part in in building that and being successful uh, on the field. And, um, yeah, going from there.
0: And you, you know a lot of the guys as well from either... Watching them in the early days when you are in the academy Caden you obviously know well as well is it, is it nice to have Like you're going into a team right away Whereas like you go over to England and Ireland and you're playing with a bunch of guys You've never met before but now you know these guys On a personal level Is that going to help just everything gel together Not just for you but really for all the guys
7: For sure I think the transition period will be A bit smoother than going over to England Or a club in Dublin um i think also the fact there are more local vancouver rights bc players now in the locker room where it means something to play for us when we're playing in front of our family and friends and you know be building this club right in our in our own backyard um then when you sign the international players the guys that are coming in they can see what it means to us and uh i think all of that together is really going to help build a product uh on the field that's that's winning and being competitive every weekend.
0: One of the things I'm excited by is the fact that it's there is a lot more local talent and as you say it kinda of means something a bit more when you're when you're playing locally. Are you kind of already picturing that home debut on April fourteenth, running out, family, friends, just taking it all in?
7: For sure. Yeah, I definitely am. Um there's great great scenes last year and the home opener and and seeing the the people that came out for it so definitely something uh, i'm looking forward to still a lot of work to be done between now and then um but yeah that'll be a special moment for sure and i i spoke
0: about the amount of times that we've, we've chatted before some of them were just this the stupid fun food segments that i do with everyone and stuff but one of them was a special thing because we spoke to you on the first day that you'd signed your your pro deal and now we've followed your journey this whole way. You're still just 25 years old. Do you still have a lot of like hopes and aspirations for maybe MLS, go back to Europe and stuff like down the line? I know you've just come to VFC, but it's like, do you still feel I, I can play at the very top level?
7: I definitely do think so. I do believe that. And I think this is a great level as
0: well. Say no, it is. I, I wasn't meaning like the, the CPL was like down a level, yeah. it's just, but there are higher levels that than CPL. So sure. I, it, it was just, do, do you still have those hopes that you, you can go and do that? Yeah, yeah, I do.
7: Um, right now, I'm definitely focused on, on these next few years and, and making my mark on, on this club and the league here. Um, but you, you've seen the players that have moved on from the CPL and um, that have gone to, quote unquote, these bigger leagues um but i also think the the aspirations the goals have have changed slightly and the fact that i get to play pro football in in my own community is is pretty amazing in, in itself so yeah i'm really focused on on this season and uh excited to see where where it takes me david it's
0: fantastic to have you back here in vancouver back in the lower mainland and like chatting to you again can't wait to to see you on the pitch And looking forward to to catching up with you again in person and all the very best for the, the season to come.
7: Great. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Zach.
0: Great. Catching up with David Norman again. We've followed his career, Zach, since he... Even before he signed his first pro pro deal, we had his first interview the day that he signed his pro deal. Yeah. And like we've watched him play in the academy. We both know his dad, you know, his family, like outside of his dad and and stuff as well. Just what's your thoughts of him coming back now, joining Vancouver FC and just generally what this signing
3: means to the squad? Yeah, I think it's a really encouraging, positive signing. It adds uh, strength and depth and flexibility to positions that uh, had been issues for them last year, specifically center back. There were times last year where the the middle of the... the beginning of the year, it looked like rock solid. And then as the season went on in that kind of bad run, it, it looked very weak, even though there was some really encouraging players there and some encouraging play um but it, it it felt sometimes too soft is not the right word but maybe like too soft or too brittle it was easy to break and i think david norman adds uh cpl experience uh, obviously uh some international experience uh, at the club level um that I think will really, really help. He's left-footed, which is a Mm -hmm. huge thing. Obviously, Anthony White is also left-footed, which is great. Uh, Like we talked about, I think we talked about in the interview, um, it'll add competition for places. Yeah, that's the interesting one.
0: Because, I mean, we don't know yet, is Ashin going to go with a back three? Is he going to go with a back four? Because that will dictate who slots in and... Who might yeah. be getting left and, out
3: in the cold? And like I said, that that, that gives Ashen the flexibility to to alter things and to change things up, or to, or to try and catch other teams unprepared for for, for the Eagles this year. So yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: you've got to think like David Norman's is going to be one of the first names, and on on the team sheet, he's going to be a regular starter. So it's just
3: you, who the supporting cast is with him. You do, but I think it's going to be a real battle. Like I think. I think it's going to be a battle for Rocco. I think it's going to be a battle for Anthony if they want to use Paris at the position. It's going to be a battle mm. for him. I think even if they add one or two more pieces that can play there or do play there, it's going to be a battle, right? Like it. I I think again, unlike last year, where you're like, obviously, it's going to be this this. It's going to be like eleven of these twelve or thirteen players starting. Yeah. Um. This year, it's gonna you're you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be quite different. The other thing, which is really encouraging about it, is obviously last year there were the the five local players. Uh, six later in the season If you want to count the Colombian Ivan Mejia uh, In his brief appearance In his brief time uh, last year But this year those five are coming back uh, And then You have four others That are all mm-hmm. local right That have signed so yeah, nine I, th- That's what's players. really
0: excited me about this This yeah. offseason build Because it's what I wanted in the first year yeah. I, I, I wanted local guys And I appreciate there were some local guys on But I wanted local guys that I knew guys yeah. that I'd watched, guys that I feel an affinity to. Totally. And you want to cheer them on. You want them to do well. And I felt I didn't have that last year. And as good as TJ was and some of the other young guys, it's like, you, you do want guys that you've followed their career and that you've watched them come through. And now we've got that. Yeah.
3: And, oh, this does hit a different segment, right? I mean, yeah. Everyone who, I think, most people who were there most games last year I think felt that with players like TJ and James, even if they hadn't seen them play mm-hmm. growing up. You just felt like they're one of our own and man, we're seeing them grow into an amazing player or continue yeah. to develop as a, as, a, as, a, as a quality player that has potential to do great things for us. And do great things beyond us and, and that's so, what's always exciting that's why we used to go and watch all the academy games
0: and then oh, man, we yeah. followed
3: all the guys careers and stuff and those those remember those those trips into the like the weird parts of washington yeah oh yeah i remember i remember one time we, i can't remember which put redmond or i forget which one it was we went to like this mexican restaurant after a game were you there for that
0: i don't i was that i was at a game in redmond i don't know i wasn't at a mexican yeah. restaurant I know I was to... in the middle, Sumner. I want to say I was at, at a game in Sumner in yeah. Washington, which was a, a weird one.
3: And anyways, just so many there were so many good memories following that team, and they were they were so exciting, right? Like it was exciting to watch them play. Um, but um yeah. This so these nine players, if an Ivan makes it back, maybe there's still others. I think it the amount who they are and even the little bit with David you see you know he's a little bit of that younger generation mm-hmm. right he's not as old as as Callum and Ben or whatever he's a little bit different so yeah. yeah i think that all adds to it and i think for them even though you know David's family was there last year a, a bunch um like there'll be more of them and, and yeah. his friends are going to be there you know it's going to be it's going to have new people come out and hopefully get um be, behind the club and and um yeah and and Grow things, you know, holistically
0: Yeah, I mean it's really excited me I think it's been a very good off-season build So far, obviously there'll be a few more pieces To come, the pre-season Kicks off on February 20th For Vancouver FC, we're still more than Two months out of the season So we won't delve anymore Into no. the CPL But there's a few teams making some big moves I will say The only thing, just to wrap this up Atlético ottawa are really making some big moves this off season, and you've got to feel they want to be back at the top of the table. Well, they need to be back at the top of the table, really. But that's going to be an interesting one to watch. You've had Valor early in the transfer market adding pieces as
3: well. Valor is like a whole new team, almost, right? Like, mm. there's the Yesleys, I think, still there, right? And they got a few, a few I forget where it's the center backs. There's or, I mean, no it's midfiel- midfielders other than Gutierrez, I think, are back, but then it feels like the rest of the team is new. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's going to be a very good year. The, who has Ottawa CBO. brought in? I just, I can't remember. Well, uh, they, they brought in the good left back from Valor.
0: So they, they added
3: Matteo de Brienne
0: from Valor.
2: Yeah. That's uh, the one Tabla.
3: from Tabla's
0: back Tabla, the as well. Uh, Chris Twardick from Bohemians. I was wearing Bohemians' one. top yeah. when we were talking to David Norman. But the interesting one this week was Liberman Torres right. from Villarreal's B-team. Uh, an ecuadorian defensive midfielder and you're thinking wow he's going from Villarreal b just on loan but it's like that feels like a big signing for the for the team and for the league
3: yeah no all, all four of those signings i think are uh really quality and will really help them uh i think likely earn a place in the in the playoffs in 2024 I will
0: delve into a lot more closer to the season start, and if you want to follow all the CpL comings and goings as well at this point, check out Felipe Vallejo's Coast to Coast podcast. He'll say his name properly, even if I won't as I introduce <laughs> him there. But that is it for the cpL chat. that is it for the club chat. We're going to turn our attention next to the international scene because we now know a lot more about the 2026 World Cup, the matches where they're going to be played and stuff like that. And we're also going to take you back to 1974. And we'll be back with all of that after this.
1: We are gathered here today to celebrate the holy matrimony of CITR 101.9 FM and Jason Lastname. Before I continue, if anyone has any reason to believe that these two shouldn't be wed, please speak now or forever hold your peace.
6: 101, I'm so sorry, but I I have to do this. I am in love with you, and I would never, ever forgive myself if I let you get married without telling you my true feelings. Sorry.
1: Okay, we got one. Anybody else? Cece, please don't marry this man. Run away with me instead. I have a car waiting. Let's just disappear. Oh, double whammy. Okay. So, Jason, CITR, how would you two like to proceed? I'm sorry, Jason, but I don't know what I was thinking. I could never belong to just one listener. I'm a radio station for the people, not meant to be broadcast on just one device. I hope you'll understand, Jason. I love you, and I can still be yours. But I also have to be theirs. Well, in that case, I'll wrap it up and say a few closing words. Join us from February 1st to 8th for our annual fun drive and support campus and community radio. Don't wait any longer. Say yes to CITR now and make it official by visiting donate to citr.ca to donate.
7: Hi, I'm Afonso Davies and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
0: Back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And it's fun drive time on CITR. You heard the little commercial there for it. We talked about it to kick off the show. Every little helps as the station tries to get towards that $20,000 target for updates and upgrades that they're hoping to start in April. If you do want to donate, maybe get a little bit of swag back in return, you can head over to donate to CITR.ca. And kicking off this part, we've gone back to 1974 again with a song from American Born, Susie Quattro, the song Divulgate Drive, another great glam track. Originally released on January 25th, 1974, charted in the UK charts on February 3rd, coming in at number 14, it rose to the number 2 spot this week in the February 10th chart before hitting the number 1 spot the following week where it stayed for two weeks in total. It was her second and last UK number 1 single. Susie Quattro, born in Detroit, Michigan, But she moved to the UK with her mum and was far more successful over on those shores uh, than she was over here. And it was somebody that I remember seeing on TV when I was a a little boy a lot. And she still appears on TV a lot over there and plays all her big hits. Very distinctive, very kind of throaty, husky singing voice, which... I, I did like, she was, had a very glamorous, kind of rock and roll glam look as well. If you're unfamiliar with her stuff, you can check the rest of that one out. And I mentioned there about that song was released on January 25th. One thing that's been driving me crazy when I've been doing the research for this segment is the fact that if you go into Wikipedia, the dates that they have for when the songs are released, a lot of them are wrong. And you know that they're wrong, because you know that they've been in the charts before they've said that the song's been released, so I've had to do a little bit of extra digging for that, so that's proved a, a little bit annoying. But this was a an interesting week in nineteen seventy four. We're covering February fifth to February the eleventh for the, the benefit of this week's episode. In the UK, Mud's Tiger Feet was still the number one single. Apt really. 50 years later, since Tigris are kicking off the Whitecaps' 50th anniversary season on Wednesday, The Tigers coming to Vancouver Island, Love's Theme by Love Unlimited Orchestra hit the number one spot in the Billboard Hot 100, while Terry Jacks' Season in the Sun was still the number one single here in Canada. On the film side, The Wonderful Blazing Saddles was released on February 7th, 1974, I love that film so much, if you've never seen it, check it out, even just look at the the clips on YouTube, it is such a good story, stars Gene Wilder, who I'm a huge fan of, one of my all-time favourite actors, and it's just got some brilliantly hilarious bits in it, stuff as well that some folk may be appalled at today, but was also poking fun at... at things like racism and covering hard topics like racism as well and yeah, great film check it out if you haven't and after a a busy week of Whitecaps news last week where they got their name they got their logo, they got their first player nothing really happened in Whitecaps land this week, that would change though next week where the Whitecaps finally get their first head coach who was it? You may already know, but if not, tune into next week's show to find out. But we're gonna bring things right up to date now and even look ahead to the future. So Sunday was a momentous day on the road to World Cup twenty twenty six. We now know how many games each of the sixteen host cities will actually be hosting? How many games Vancouver and Toronto will be? will be hosting in Canada and where Canada will be playing their first three group games and possibly beyond. Vancouver and Toronto will each host five group games with both cities hosting a round of 32 match-up and Vancouver also hosting a round of 16-tie tie-two. Vancouver's group games will be on June 13th, 18th, 21st, 24th and 26th The round of 32 game is on Thursday, July 2nd, which is also the same day that Toronto host. I thought Canada Day they would have gone for, but no. And then the round of 16 game in Vancouver is on Tuesday, July 7th. So that's seven games for Vancouver, six for Toronto, 13 for Canada, the the same as Mexico. Dallas is the city that's hosting the most games. They're hosting nine Atlanta, LA, and New Jersey host eight, and then Vancouver come in in the third tier with the most, with a, a couple of others, on seven. Seattle hosting six. Now we'll talk about the, the the Canadian games themselves in a in a sec, Zach. But just what's your overall thoughts on that? It feels, I think, more than we even hoped for.
3: There's a lot of encouraging signs. I, I was working, so I didn't get to watch live.
0: You're you're Uh, very lucky, because it was an excruciating (laughs) broadcast that I really, really struggled to get through. And Caitlin was on the couch, because we were going to go out for lunch, watching it as well. I I could just see her shaking her head from the corner of my eye at a few things. Giovanni infantino looked like he was going to drop a rap album at some point and then he say. started talking about doing italian rap just after i'd said to caitlin he looks like he's a he's gonna be some kind of ancient rapper that's making a comeback to it was
3: it was that infantino or is that little little Gigi? oh i like that <laughs> i like that um yeah that was an interesting wardrobe choice um mm. not, not 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 bad uh but just interesting uh, yeah but the color kind of blended in with his skin tone as well which was weird <laughs> yes, yes that's true um but no see so i was just he's he, unfortunately seeing messages that i, I know didn't you realize, said to me no spoilers i no am going to watch, so watch it. it later and then i started getting all these messages that i didn't know what they were about and so what it was my own fault i if i really wanted to watch it and with no spoilers i should have been a little bit more militant about that but i at first i was a little disappointed because I, I heard five five games Uh, Vancouver five games, Toronto is like with all those added games, we didn't get one more game. And I was like, Mm -hmm. really, like, you got to be kidding me. And then when I got the fuller. It's because they like squeezed things out little bit by little bit as well, which. Oh, that must've been what it was. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm encouraged that, you know, we got a 30% increase in games in Canada. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously I'm encouraged that Vancouver has the seven games to Toronto and Seattle's 6 if my number yeah. my counting is correct uh-huh.
0: um i'm a little and, and as- some disappointing things because Vancouver and Seattle look to be hosting a group so there's going to yeah. be like i know a lot of fans are hoping to go down the i5 and vice versa Seattle fans yeah. are hoping to come up to to canada to take in as many games as possible so there's a couple of clashes and that is frustrating
3: yeah when I, when I look at the schedule in an ideal world, Michael, I, re, I hope I can get the 12 games mm. with just the the Canada game in Toronto and, and then 12 between here and Seattle. That's in an ideal world at this moment. Mm. I might not have the money to, to do that. Uh, yes, I come to it. Um, I'd
0: yeah. dread to think what these ticket prices are, are going to cost. I, I'm yeah. going to try and take in what I can on the West Coast. Yeah. Again, oh, yeah. money wise, factoring into it. So. I mean I I'm hoping I get accreditation media wise. I oh, wouldn't yeah. see why I wouldn't since I have a previous big tournament, including World Cup, but you you never know because there's obviously going to be a lot of demand and a lot of folks that don't even cover football will get accredited yeah. and at these games which will be very irritating. But I, I just think in general it's just it's so it's exciting to see
3: this now in black and white. Totally and it's all starting to feel a bit real yeah the biggest thing was the day i i was gonna say began i carried uh continued a long ongoing conversation with some people at the csa about how to make this as meaningful as possible for supporting the the men's national team um i'm i'm hopeful that we can the voyagers can um do things that they haven't been able to do in the other countries that they've been to World Cups at because
4: mm.
3: the World Cup, it's a strange, that and it's a strange thing where you, there's all these restrictions. Like you think, you know, getting into an MLS stadium is bad with their restrictions and whatever, like, uh, a, <laughs> a World Cup stadium is exponentially more than that. However, there are many countries who make it possible for their fans to have, to have, to support in the ways that, that are meaningful to them in spite of those Research yeah, rate.
0: but you have to think as well. Those CSA hands will be quite tied.
3: It's all going to be FIFA regulations. And, but no, but that's no, but that's the thing, Michael. All those other countries have FIFA regulations as well, and, and I'm I'm not. I don't know how or why they get they get around them. I don't know. I, I hope it's not simply a financial thing, but like, yeah, I mean. Hmm. I mean, we're talking simple things here, Michael. We're not talking uh, crazy things, right? Like, I've, I mean, without going into the, the the stories we've told in the past, but in Doha, at every every game for the DFB, their block, their section was filled with German flags, flags on poles that you you could personally not bring into the stadium oh yeah because you mentioned folk it's oh can i get a flag and it was all shared and yeah yeah there was, so there was flags outside the stadium that they would give away right those mm. are different those are just the nation flags they would give them away these are like dfb branded german flags in the section with poles on them for their fans to wave mm. but those poles you can't get into the stadium you know what i mean but the dfb somehow worked it so that they're allowed to bring those into the stadium for their fans I mean, hopefully, Poland do qualify. Sorry, what? Is that the polls that you're hoping to get in the stadium? Oh, you're hilarious. Yeah, I wouldn't mind with Poland. I mean, with 48 teams, with 48 teams, I'm sh- I'm sure they could, uh, or they, they, hopefully they will. Especially for people who listen to podcasts like uh, Tim. Tim's going to want Poland to be to be here. He would love for them to be in Vancouver, maybe even against Canada. <laughs> um, but no, uh, clearly, no I I want Scotland here. Exactly. So, but seriously, though, like there are these things where it's like, oh, Federation, like the CSA said, oh, we can't do anything about that. And then you're like, mm, yeah, but look over there. Yeah. How is it getting done over yeah, there?
0: Yeah, there? Has, there has to be a desire to do it. Exactly. First and, and, then, foremost. And, then,
3: and then to that end, and this was probably more a cultural thing where they turned a blind eye, but even just some of the setups and where you could stand to lead sections from, it was different for different countries in uh, in Doha. And mostly it was different for, well, the countries I can think of are like the Arab countries, right? And you were in an Arab country, right? So Qatar had special privileges, obviously, as the host. Hmm. But but, um, but like Morocco, like the Moroccans just, there were places they stood that we asked about standing as Canadians. They're like, yeah, you can't stand there. And then you, and you're at my game in Morocco's there. And they're like, uh, those guys are standing in the exact, exact spot. And we're everyone talked standing. about the great atmosphere that the Moroccan fans brought as exactly. well. Well, exactly. So I've, I've reached out to... to to people, not at not at the high levels of the CSA, but people who you know through the voyagers. I was going to say there's not that many at the moment. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> that too. but no, the people I've been working with over over the years, uh, you know, to get things set up in in you know a BC place specifically, um, uh, you know, whether it's flags or displays or drums and whatever, like even even just drums, Michael, like even just getting a drum into the stadium can be extremely mm-hmm. difficult. Not that's not necessarily impossible but extremely difficult and so it's these are not conversations for the spring of 2026 they're conversations for now <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know I mean? well you've got over two years to sort it out i don't think you you would think it wouldn't be an issue yeah but i'll be extremely frustrated if in like two years from oh, yeah, right now, two Michael, years of we're on, on podcast number 800 and, yeah, <laughs> and, and you and i are talking about it and i'm like yeah so it's still a struggle to get flags in or there's this thing we <laughs> want to do and they're not you know They can't figure out how to make it happen when, again, we've seen it happen at other World Cups. Well, let's look at the games
0: that Canada have. We we know they have three. And uh, they kick off their quest for glory in Toronto on Friday, June the 12th before games in Vancouver. On Thursday, June 18th and Wednesday, June 24th, they will stay in Vancouver if they advance depending on group placement. They could end up somewhere else, and I mean, who who knows? Now,
3: sorry, say, say that one more time. If they finish first in the group, the round of, the round of thirty two game will be in Vancouver.
0: Yes. Oh wow! And the round of sixteen, if they win that,
3: really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's encouraging. Because if, they,
0: if, they want as little travel for the host nations as possible.
3: Do you, I've only I'm only looking right now, and I'm looking at the the big digital the, the digital hub FIFA. Just the whole schedule is. Uh, do you, do we know if they come second in the group? Where they would end up? No. Okay.
0: That that's the thing as well because they they have to set it out before the tournament. Yeah. So I mean, there's a chance the second place could be Seattle.
3: Well, again, that's not yeah.
0: But it's the end of the world. Yeah. But I guess it depends if they're playing a like group winner because yeah. then that group winner could be anywhere. And then that it's oh, all going to be weird because there's going to be third place teams going through. And, oh, right, 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 yes. So it, it, it's all different because it's the 48 teams. Because yeah. initially when I saw it, I, I put a tweet out going, oh, we've got a round of 16 game in a quarter final here. I was like... Oh no, no, we don't, because there's 48 <laughs> teams in it. So to the brand it.
3: new round of 32. Like, yeah, had forgotten
0: all about favorite. that. Because the interesting thing is, like the US are playing all their games on the west coast. Two in LA, oh, yes. One in Seattle. So as soon as I saw this, now obviously, absolutely delighted. We've got two games here. It it's nice that it's split between the two cities. So Toronto get a game we get a couple of games. If it had been the reverse, they got two and we got one, hey, we still get a Canadian game. Yeah. At the same point, the other part of me is like, why are they making the team go across country? Yeah. It is insane to me that they would do that.
3: It is. I don't disagree with you. But again, I think that comes down to this may never happen again in, like, our lifetimes. I'm pretty sure and, it won't. And so it's...
0: Isn't it just in Saudi Arabia now forever from 2030? Oh,
3: please, let's not. <laughs> do we... We don't... I don't want to talk... Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, But no, but in all seriousness, right? It's like, for Canada, it's like, will we ever host again in the next 50 years? So I think they feel obliged to share it across yeah. the host cities. And,
0: and I, I mean, can you, can you imagine...
3: Can you imagine if Montreal or Edmonton were also hosts? They, they might have oh. tried to put one in each.
0: Oh, man, that would have just been...
3: like I mean, they, if they had come out you definitely They would have had a conversation saying, hey, yeah. we're three cities, we need to play in the three cities because that's what's best for Canadians, even though on sport on the sporting level, it's not ideal. No.
0: Did if you they also, put all three you... games in Toronto, yes, I would have been mightily pissed off. Yeah, but yeah. going or into Vancouver, this draw, Vancouver. that was really what works. I was expecting. Yeah. And if all three games had been here, obviously we would have been hoop, and the folk out east would have rightly been pissed off at that.
3: I, you know how I learned the US first game was at SoFi? How? Uh, Mark DeSantis' on social media. Oh. He put it in his Instagram stories, saying, oh, well, the, Los Angeles is hosting the first American game.
0: It, it's interesting. I, I jumped on the, the call with Greg Bearhalter after the draw. Uh, Canada didn't have a call, because they haven't really got a head coach I guess, to have on. It was a bit awkward because on the TSN, CTV coverage, well, the overall coverage, they spoke to Mauro. And it's like, I don't think he's going to be there for 2026. Um, but yeah, they, they had a conference call with Greg, US Soccer. And I'll I'll play a little bit of it first, and then, then I'll talk about what he said. So he, here's US head coach, Greg Berhalter.
2: regarding your own team um how helpful is it to not have to change time zones you've seen in gold Cups Copa Americas you sort of crisscross the country uh you'll be on you know Pacific time the whole way through the group stage how does that help thanks um regarding the time zone shift uh it is important that was a factor you know one of our you know it, it's no secret that the teams were able to give FIFA some input. In in terms of the venues and our main um, piece of advice was about the travel, trying to minimize travel, minimize time zones, because we know the wear and tear that can take on your body during a major tournament. So overall, um, you know, excited about the, the single time zone excited about excited about the the lack of travel in the group stage and looking forward to a strong world cup. Greg, uh, speaking of the the influence that you had um, perhaps on, on the decision-making by FIFA, um, did did you want to be on the West Coast or did you want to be on the East Coast? Was it, was there one area of the country or maybe even in the Central uh, where you you wanted to be, and this is where you ended up? You know, for us, it was the the main piece of input um, was, you know, all the venues are going to be great. All the stadiums are going to be great. All the fan environments are going to be amazing. The World Cup, the one piece of input was really about travel, trying to minimize travel. Um, You know, so for that, it's huge, whether you're on the East Coast, you don't have to travel often or or on the West Coast and not have to travel. You know, I think it gets tricky when you when you talk about you know, four or five hour flights between games, different time zone shifts. So that was it. And then FIFA, you know, ultimately made the decision. And, um, but we're really thankful that at least they they asked for our input. Um, I'm sure they did the same for Mexico and Canada. It just shows that they're in tune with the host nations, which I think um, is important. So
0: Sebastian's dad there, Just chatting about the (laughs) World Cup draw and very telling. He was like, yeah, we we sat down with US soccer. We sat down with FIFA and we said, we want the minimum amount of travel possible for the group games. Yeah. And we'll maybe slowly work our way east because the final's going to be in New Jersey. So he wants to slowly work his way east. He wanted all the games in the same time zone that was vitally important to him
3: yeah Uh, and i it makes sense
0: yeah i i just hope this doesn't come back and bite canada in the bum but it's great for the country i get why they're doing it it's just it just doesn't sit totally comfortably with me but hey who cares we've got games in the world cup here in vancouver
3: it is a reality how long ago was it michael was it two years ago or not even that long, where we were not on the list, right? Well, that's the crazy thing as
0: well. I, I wonder how I, folk in Edmonton are feeling about this.
3: Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, they. I mean, <laughs> they've gone the short end of a lot of things, uh, a lot of sticks in the footballing sense in Canadian in, in Canadian football. Um, so I, I feel bad for them. Um, other than that, it's easy to travel to Vancouver, um, for these games. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm just, I'm... I, I can
0: imagine if Scotland get drawn here, I'm going to have a lot of people getting in touch going, do you happen to have a spare room or a sofa yeah. or anything?
3: Would, would Caitlin mind if we slept on the floor in the living room?
0: <laughs> I, hey, if I can make some money on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already promised my spare room to Eve from the Ballers is Rhyme podcast in return for her looking after our dog.
3: Oh, there you go. Because you'll be where?
0: Well hopefully travelling down the West Coast watching some other games.
3: Oh, right. Watching some Scotland.
0: Yeah, wherever Scotland are, I that, that would be tough because I'd want to go and watch them. But obviously, mm. we've got games in our home city, so I don't know. We'll see. The, the World Cup in 26 will kick off at the iconic Estadio Azteca in Mexico City on Thursday, June 11th. The final is scheduled for sunday july 19th in what they're saying new york new jersey now (laughs) greg bear is a new jersey boy and he was actually asked on the call do you feel that it is new york and new jersey or do you think it's just new jersey and he gave an interesting answer because he went i mean obviously it's there as new york new jersey that's what fifa's saying but for me it's new jersey yeah uh, Miami is hosting the, the bronze medal matchup, the third place matchup. Dallas and Atlanta are staging the semi-finals. It had been Ooh. rumored that Dallas, yeah, Dallas were maybe hosting the final. What what happened with that? I Do don't know? know. But yeah. then afterwards, folk were like, oh, it was always going to be New York. And it's like, that's not <laughs> what I read last week. And the, the Dallas, Dallas is hosting bigger, the most right? games. Yeah, that's, like, that's why they're hosting the most games. I mean, Going back to Canada, to me it made sense that Canada would play all three of their games here because we were the bigger stadium. Yeah. So, to me that does make sense. Yeah, oh, of course. Now, FIFA have said it's an innovative match schedule that ensures that the three days of rest for teams is observed for 103 of the 104 matches. The majority of matches will be played in three regionalized zones. East, Central and West, just to reduce travel for players, fans, media, everyone basically. But there's only four cities in the West, us, Seattle, LA and the San Francisco Bay Area, stroke San Jose. I mean, I'm a 49ers fan and it pains me that the 49ers aren't in San Francisco, they play in San Jose. So that's interesting and it's It's good that we can hopefully get up and down the the coast. Here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. And I I mentioned this on Twitter. Dwayne Rollins was like, nope, not going to happen. But this rumor has been around for a while now. So, Mexico kick off the tournament. America close the tournament. Or the draw? Does Canada get the draw? And Vancouver was long mooted as being where that draw would take place. With East Van lad Victim and Tagliani pushing hard for that, I, I, yeah. it might just be my my heart leading my head here. But I think that's a distinct possibility.
3: So on Twitter, Dwayne said no. Did he say why, or did he? No, say... he just he just said we will not get anything
0: except the games. I I, I don't necessarily think that. Uh...
3: But I, I'm basing that on nothing at all apart from Vic. Yeah, did Mexico get another part of this announcement before? No. no, they're just getting the opening game. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're just getting the 13 I, games I, like us. I mean, what you say makes complete sense and is incredibly logical. So I think so it's, that, highly, it's li- highly unlikely <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's <not> <laughs> I, I mean, Toronto would also make sense because it's less travel for everyone because it's on the East Coast for yeah, anyone coming true. over from Europe. So, I mean, if Canada was to get it somehow, I just think that would be fantastic.
3: Oh, yeah, it would be great. I'd be stoked. Um, yeah. I, the draw is usually it, It's usually in December, right? The year before. Yeah, yeah. It'd be too snowy, in Toronto. It would, it would have to be here. Exactly. Well, no, but it's always an inside affair, Michael. It's not. Outside I mean, of...
0: New, New York, of of course, hosting the final is probably going to have a a big shout to to do that as well. But right. yeah, I mean, just for us as a city to be part of it is just absolutely magnificent, and like Victor and Taliani as well. East Van lad, how mm-hmm. special
3: must this be for him? Oh yeah, I think yeah. I, I I know he was a part of the broadcast. I haven't like I said, I haven't watched it, but yeah, I assume uh, all of this is in, incredibly special and fulfilling for him. And yeah, it's ex- exciting that we uh, have a, a Canadian uh, playing uh, a significant role in in FIFA. Obviously, it's an organization that has a, a checkered past, and you hope that. That doesn't taint Vic in any way uh, or yeah. hurt us, hurt us as a country in any way also, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 in your language, Michael, I imagine he's cock-a-hoop.
0: Yeah. I'm actually going to reach out to Vic this week because we've got our six hundred episode next week, so I mean, what would be better than to have the president of CONCACAF and the vice president of FIFA on it? So, I mean, Vic, if you're listening to this, uh, before I get in touch, if you want to get in touch, it's going to be a good week for Mentaglianis. That's all I will say just now. We'll talk a bit more about that next week. But yeah, it's all exciting. And as long as we don't have to put up with Kevin Hart trying to be funny anymore, I'm sure we will. That was a bizarre choice. Not quite sure. Surely, if you're going to get someone, Will Ferrell would at least make sense.
3: Yeah. Would have ticked a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Someone that's actually got... some some involvement yeah Yeah. but yeah we'll see how that goes I cannot wait counting down the days already it's going to be so much fun that has been pretty much it for this episode of the podcast it's been a lot of fun as well but we will finish as we always do with this episode's wavelength and I'm bringing an international flavour to wavelength as well because we're going back to 1979 and a song from a Ghanaian singer Maybe Ghana will be here in Vancouver. That'll bring some good atmosphere to the games. This is a a singer called Sadiku Buari. He is a a former track star. He moved to the US, even played some semi-pro baseball. And he recorded a series of African disco albums in the 70s. His son, Malik Buari, was actually a footballer who was capped for England at under-15 and under-16 level. Played for Fulham and a a number of non-league sides as well over in England in the 2000s. So this is a song by Siriku Buari, Disco Soccer. Get your disco balls out, saduku Buari, Disco Soccer there, something a little different, to end the show and keep the international flavour going. It's been a lot of fun chat again. I've enjoyed this episode of the show. It's our, our special fun drive one, as I mentioned, one last push for that. If you can support CITR radio, donate anything at all. Donate to CITR.ca is the website. And if you can donate over $30 or more You'll get some swag as well And some interesting swag A yo-yo Everyone loves a yo-yo Just an aside A yo-yo was also a biscuit When I was a boy You got mint yo-yos and toffee yo-yos They were one of my favourite biscuits Good for Duncan And people not called Duncan as well But anyway, just before we go Zach, any final thoughts from you? Anything fun caught your eye this week?
3: Uh, no, uh, you can find me on X, rarely tweeting, uh, at Zachary AM. Nice symbol. was in there, Michael. Um, no, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of our listeners. We've talked about him before, Ian McHugh. Uh, I ran into him last night. Uh, I, oh, uh, is he okay? No. <laughs> uh, no, we were both attending the uh, the local ice hockey game out in this neck of the woods. Oh. Uh, someone... someone uh uh yeah gave gave my well sort of gave me gave my daughter some free tickets she really wanted to go so uh she and i went to the game and uh ran into ian on the concourse and his his wife um and uh so i want to give a shout out to him especially because uh i I failed to i don't know if it's last week or the week before i failed to recognize the great honor of his uh, beloved vertebrae man in there. What was it one nil win over Bayern a, a few weeks ago in the bundesliga which caused me great consternation and frustration um but um so yeah shout out to ian and to his vertebrate side uh who've been picking it up this year and look like they're gonna find the safety of mid table which is good because they've been uh well they've had some close calls in the past and they were not that long ago in the second division um but uh, also uh bundesliga if you if you have the zone, you're like, yeah, I got it for Champions League, whatever. Like, oh, Champions League starting this week, whatever. If you have a zone, you've never watched Bundesliga, uh, or you don't always keep up with the Bundesliga, but you have the zone. You, I encourage you to watch Saturday morning, nine thirty. the uh, The highlight match of the weekend in the Bundesliga is the current leaders uh, up by two points, Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah, on. They're, they're the they're the fact not factory. They're the worker team or whatever technically of the. Uh, that big company that that owns uh what is it uh aspirin yeah aspirin the aspirin people and um they're hosting the uh of well, the recordmeister the bayern munich Ooh. and uh this is a this is a huge a huge huge match leverkusen's undefeated. no no fonsi why no fonsi? Oh, he's that injury back? i haven't read yeah. oh yeah he's going to be out for a few weeks i no. think great he tackle. could just be
0: 3 or 4 so he should be back for the the crucial trent tobago game
3: that's really bad because our cover for him is a very slow Portuguese player who's going to have to deal with Fring Pong's ninety-five pace or whatever he is. Um, that's going to be difficult. Oh shoot! Oh, yeah, they're going f- to have to, to the Yeah, they're going to have to tactically prepare for that. Um, but no, anyways, it's going to be a massive game, and it, it could literally, even though it is February, it it could le- literally determine the title. And and even if it doesn't ultimately or doesn't feel like it determines the title in the here and now. It definitely will determine uh, who holds the control, right? If Bayern wins, they, mm. things are in their hands. If it's a draw or Leverkusen win, they continue to uh, have it all in their hands and it's on, it's on them to kind of keep the pace. They're undefeated, Michael. The, the 20 game. this is the 21st game coming up the 20 games undefeated league going back to last year it's over i forgot what the number is but they're um looking to break uh some of byron's records in these next few matches if they can keep going and this is a continue to increase the the value the value and the uh kind of the esteem with which uh xavi alonso is, is held as a coach and so it's a uh, it's a really interesting gonna be a really interesting game i have said that i am yeah I haven't looked at anything to see, but he went. Um, Fonzie went off right at the end of the game after making really another really good tackle. He had a really good game again, uh, which was great to see. But that's that's uh, that's too bad. He won't be able to play in that because I was looking forward to that matchup with him in Frimpong. But anyways, check out the Bundesliga hashtag. We are all Leverkusen. <laughs> well, well, you know what the real hashtag is, right? No, Leverkusen.
0: Oh. Yeah, Fonzie. He, he's been diagnosed with a strained MCL in his left knee. Oh, that's not he, good. Yeah, he's going to have to, to take a, a little break. But right, could, right you know, before the Champions League, too. Three to four weeks, he could be could be back. So, I mean, fingers crossed. If anything, he is back for that that big game against Trinidad and Tobago. Did you Did you see the mug that I shared? Glass City had put out a nice mug of Fonzie. I I, I was thinking about getting you that for
3: Christmas. Yeah, you know sometimes in life, Michael, you see things and you wish you hadn't. <laughs> yeah, this, that would that mug would fall in that category for me, personally. If anyone wants to know what we're talking about, check out Glass City's Twitter. I rarely... Or
0: no-context-can-m-n-t, right? who originally tweeted it.
3: I, I, I rarely give you negative feedback or use the thumbs-down emoji. Hmm. I did on this occasion. I'm just wondering if they've got a Ryan Gold one I'd be quite interested in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you can do whatever you want. Um, that, yeah, you can make whatever you want these days. I, guess.
0: I, I look forward as well to the flood of complaints about you faring it to ice hockey because every time you say ice hockey, folk have said, why does Zach, a Canadian, call it ice
3: hockey? That's what it's known as in the majority of the world. I know.
0: I, I've i been looking to see what I can, I can get to when I'm over in Scotland in March. So my local Team 5 Flyers, who are in a relegation fight just now, seems to be anyone called Fife is down the bottom of their table. <laughs> but uh, they they have a, a couple of home games, so I might get along to, to one of those games if I get a chance. I'm going to get to see one of my favourite comedians as well, who I haven't mm. seen since 2007, and I n- never thought I'd see him live again. So this is great. Jerry Sadowitz, Scottish comedian. um, He's played over here before uh Montreal just for laughs. He won't be back, though, after getting knocked out on stage. By a f- by a heckler. Well, he came on stage and went, "Good evening, moose fuckers," and this guy got up and hit him. Really? He's a really, really clever, funny comedian. So I'm looking forward to going to see that. Get Getting his fife game as well. Might be doing commentary for an his fife game. We'll see how that goes. Um, uh, thanks for all the feedback to the, the last show as well. Thanks to the, the condolences as well from people very mm-hmm. much appreciated. But we had really good feedback. Folk loved our chat with Darnell going into the legal side of oh, things yeah. and just shedding a different light in it. We're gonna have Darnell on again soon just to talk about yeah. the refereeing I- side of things.
3: Forget about I mean, I want to talk the refereeing side with him, but for me I as this story develops and progresses and whatever, I really look forward to hearing uh I, I, him illuminating us to what you know what some of these things mean and what actually is going on uh, as opposed to us just kind of trying to read between the lines and and guess or or assume we know and yeah. what, that conversation was really really helpful for me um in terms of some just some of the thoughts i had and you know what holds water legally and all that kind of stuff yeah, so, yeah. I,
0: it was a very well listened to podcast as well it was our our biggest one o- o- of the year so and the feedback Sweet. was great and. Uh, Darnell and his company Recovery Family Law are the sponsors of the podcast for the next six months so remember you can check them out at recoveryfamilylaw.ca working with clients to get excellent results for all your family legal issues so check them out they're based out of Surrey that is it for this episode of the AFT and Soccer Show we'll be back next week with our special 600th episode Six hundred episode Zach And we're still going strong. That's not even including all the extra ones that we've done.
3: For real.
0: Got one interview already lined up for that. As I say, we are going to reach out to Big Vic, see if we can get him on as well. If not, I'm sure we'll get another couple of surprise guests on the show. But we will be back with that 600th episode next Monday. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. Mon the Caps and Ali LaRouge.